Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The latest massive infrastructure project in our province to go completely sideways and turn into a total catastrophe is the Edmonton Valley Line LRT. Um, Supposed to be uh, up and running in December of 2020. It's not. Uh, And they came out this week and said, well, we don't know when it's going to be ready. Some peers that hold up the track of crack. That's the issue that we're dealing with. Now, as I said, the mayor was quick to point the fingers at an entity called TransEd. Now, it's a P3, so it's a public-private partnership to get this thing built. The private component is the contractor TransEd. And the mayor saying, you know what? These projects lack transparency. They reduce the city administration oversight and accountability. He's not a fan of P3s. However, um, in order to get funding for this project, back in 2014, under the Harper government, they said, if you want federal funding for this project, you must do it in a public-private partnership. And there are still many... I mean, this is not new. When you talk about public-private partnerships, there's a long history of them in our province. And there's a, a bunch of education projects, like building of schools, right now that are being done on the P3 formula. Um, The Ring Road in Calgary, Ring Road in Edmonton, both done as P3 projects. And there's arguments for and against. So this latest one has once again dragged P3s back into the spotlight. Is this the best way to be doing things? So let's go through the arguments for and against why we got here. And, you know, as I said, historically, there's a lot of analysis on this. And a lot of people say P3s are not the way to go, including... Um, our next guest, Ricardo Acuna, who is Executive Director of Parkland Institute. Ricardo, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Good morning. Now, Parkland's talked about P3s for a long time. We'll get into your analysis in a moment. But first of all, let's just talk about what they are and why they're pushed as the way to go by some people. Basically, it's a, it's a, it's a setup where the private entity is, well, technically supposed to take on most of the risk, Right. Yeah, that's the big, <clears throat> that's perhaps the biggest argument with that and the fact that um, because the entity is securing its own financing, the government doesn't show the debt on their books, the private entity shows it on their books. So those are the things that tend to make them most appealing for governments. Okay, and the way that it's supposed to work, what, what, what's the partnership? How does it break down? Who's responsible for what? So what we've got, particularly with the LRT one, but this is very common, is that the LRT1 is uh, what's called a design, build, operate, maintain P3. So this private consortium, TransEd, is responsible for 30 years for the design of it, the building of it, the operation of it, and then the maintenance of it. And it's a 30-year contract. We hand over that responsibility to them. The city worked to secure the funding. The city provided some of the funding up front. The federal government provided some of the funding up front. And that's, uh, that's kind of the balance of responsibilities of this thing. So the money comes from government and everything else comes from the private entity. That's, that's how the partnership typically breaks down. Right. And there's a long history, as we said. There's been all kinds of projects. I mean, when we talk about this particular project, obviously things have gone horribly wrong. Um, but are there examples we can point to in Alberta and say, you know what, that one went really, really well. That's how it's supposed to work? 
I mean, there are there are some of these that that have worked out well, and you know, but the biggest challenge is that it's very hard for us. I mean, the biggest problem with these things is that we don't know. We're handing over a chunk of public money, and these things because they involve private corporations and proprietary information. We can't see what's happening. We don't get to see up front when we agree to give them the money. We can't see the business model. We can't see the value for money calculations. We can't see the risk analysis because it's all considered private domain. And I think so, you know, in the end, maybe some of them turn okay and that's fine. Our issue is that we should know that up front. We should know at the beginning what exactly we're getting into and we don't. That level of oversight, transparency, accountability is simply not there. Well, that's that's what the mayor of Edmonton is saying. They don't have a chance to be involved in the project. The the, the countering argument here coming from the city uh, as to why this is an okay, well, not okay, but not a total disaster is, hey, it's not going to cost you any more. This is on the private contractor. They bear all the risks. So, I mean, there is an element, cost certainty, that's a benefit in some ways, isn't it? Well, yeah, but even that cost certainty, I mean, that's a, that's a very limited definition of cost. So, for example, um, in the absence of this new infrastructure, guess who's footing the bill for running buses on what should have been an operational LRT line, mm-hmm. right? The company's not footing that bill. We are. Edmonton is footing that bill, right? So those are costs that aren't, you know, it's not the cost of repair. It's not the cost of getting these things up to standard, but it's a cost that we're bearing as a result of the failure of this project, right? There are uh, inconvenience costs for folks who are still dealing with delays on their um, transportation routes every morning because of the construction. And there is that kind of, there's a sense of, there's a bunch of folks who have, you know, registered their kids in schools and moved into communities based on the assumption that that infrastructure would be in place. And for those folks now, that infrastructure is not in place and they're scrambling to figure out, you know, how to make their lives more convenient. So all of these are costs that aren't included when we talk about what well, the company's taking responsibility for these costs. So I think we need to look at these things as broadly as possible. These are public interest projects. We need to look at their overall impact on the public interest. What about during construction itself? I mean, this project has been kicked around, uh, as the mayor said, 14 years. The cost uh, over that time has obviously risen dramatically. Is there some comfort in saying, okay, well, here's how much it's going to cost you. And if it goes up, 20%, 30%, 100%, that's on you. You've got to deal with it. Or is there a downside to that too? Well, there's comfort to that for sure. But the, I mean, the downside is this consortium is made up of private companies who are in this game to make money. So if they're running cost overruns during construction, they're going to seek to make those costs back somehow. Sure. And that might mean, you know, on the other side, uh, skimping on labor costs, skimping on maintenance. Right. Even as they try to finish off this construction and not have it run them over too much. What does that mean in terms of you know future engineering and future materials costs? Like these companies aren't going to say, oh, yeah, no, that's great. You know, we agreed to this. We're just going to eat the cost. They're going to find ways to make those costs up. And that's what one of the concerns is. And without the lack of oversight for 30 years, we don't know what the impacts of making back those costs is going to be on the system, on its safety, on its operations. So is the best bet then just the government completely run these projects? I mean, they don't have a glittering track record either, Ricardo, but do you think that's the better solution here? Well, you know what? What it's looking like right now is that these P3 infrastructure projects, in the city of Edmonton anyways, (laughs) are having about as much success as the traditional city-run projects, right, with all these extra risks and lack of transparency included. So why take on those extra costs and problems with transparency and accountability and not just do them ourselves? 
Yeah, fair question. Uh, Ricardo, thank you so much for your breakdown. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Shay. Pleasure to be here. That is Ricardo Acuna, who is the executive director of Parkland Institute. And, you know, those are the two arguments. And, and you know, the mayor and uh, the city administration in Edmonton this week have brought up both of them for and against, right? At the same time saying, hey, listen, yeah, this thing's gone completely off the rails. It's going to be well over two years delayed. Obviously, that's going to cost more money. But you, the taxpayer, don't have to worry about your cost going up. It's not a problem for you. That's the contractor. That's why we do the P3s. They have to worry about any cost overruns because they signed the deal. Great. Okay, fine. There's some there's some comfort in knowing that. But at the same time, the arguments being made, yeah, we don't like P3s because we don't have a chance to have oversight. We don't know what's going on. We're not involved. They're sort of, we just hand over a big check to these contractors and then it's theirs to run with. Um, so I don't know what the answer is. I really don't know. I can see how getting private you know, builders involved make sense because especially when you're looking at Edmonton, we, we just don't do it well. We don't do it well. And, you know, and I got some pushback on Twitter yesterday from a, from a counselor who I respect and I, and I like, um, bottom line is we just don't do it well. You know, when it comes to LRT and it comes to bridges, we mess it up a lot. And, you know, he was talking about, well, we did an audit and there's all these projects that come in on budget and under time. Great. That these ones don't, and they're the big ones, right? So uh, do we need to come up with a better way of doing this? I don't know. Is there another way? Is it just giving it back to the government? I, I, I don't know. We'll see. They've signed another LRT project for the West Leg with a different consortium. It's not Transed. It's a different group this time. Still a P3, though. Will this one go better? I don't know. And some of you pointing out massive construction projects, the Deerfoot in Calgary. Yeah, that's a P3. How's that one going to work out? We don't know. We don't know. Stony Trail, Anthony Hending, P3s, Right. They're done, but I don't know, I haven't been on the Stony in a while, but I'll tell you the Hende, constantly working on it, constantly, basically from the time it was built. So uh, there's always a headache when it comes to any infrastructure project. What do you think? Should we move away from P3s? Is it time to abandon that? 